1: Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hockey! Yeah! yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome into Judd's Hockey Show. Zolgad and Declan Goff, as always, previewing Game 5 of the Wild Golden Knight Series tonight in Vegas. Wild now down 3-1 uh, to one after two very disappointing games at the x and on the brink of elimination, if they lose tonight, one um, one change that is going to be made, not because of performance, but because of injury. Carson Susie reportedly out tonight. And Kalen Addison, a bright young prospect on the blue line, is going to be in for Susie. Might provide some more offensive punch. We'll have to see. Um, a lot to get to here, Declan Goff. A lot to talk about. But I guess we should start here. Why aren't we seeing Matthew Boldy tonight?
0: Answer's as good as mine, Judd. And is
1: Kyle Rau back in for Bukestead still? I mean, I, I Parisi's probably clearly in.
0: I bet it's the same um, same lineup that it was out, outside of the Addison ad that it was for uh, for Game 4, which is extremely unfortunate.
1: Where are the adjustments here? And that, I, yeah. and uh, you, you went through earlier today, I think it was off the air or on Mackie and Judd. I'm getting old, so mm. I forget... Uh, which it was, but you went through the litany of guys who are basically in the same boat as Boldy and are going to be playing tonight. Spencer Knight, first-round pick by the Florida Panthers, is going to be the third goaltender that the Panthers use in their series against the Lightning. Um, Cole Caulfield drafted after Matthew Boldy in the same draft, a guy that a lot of Wild fans hoped the Wild would take, Mm -hmm. is going to play for Montreal. Like, we're seeing guys being put in I just i I'm very confused here by the lack of adjustments made by the coaching staff and the wild as a whole, and when your adjustment, which you of course did a marvelous job about melting down on Saturday on Wild Ventline, when your adjustment is you know we're gonna take peeks out and put Kyle Rau, a career minor leaguer in um this to me is not is not encouraging as far as what I want to see from a team on the brink of elimination that by the way to be very clear, has played two terrible games. Yeah, Um, The first two games were marvelous. The Golden Knights are the better team, but that does not excuse you being crappy. And for essentially the last five periods, the Wild's been crappy. Um, And to not acknowledge it or make changes or not throw in a potential spark in Boldy, who, by the way, there's no downside to him playing at this point. Correct, zero. Valuable experience, um, potential spark. Worst case, no spark. But guess what? not going to ruin the young man. Right. So I I'm just I'm thoroughly I'm thoroughly confused from the garen and probably just as much or more so evison standpoint as far as what they're not doing mm-hmm. and whether they're learning f- from this and I got I've got to start with Dean there. I just don't get it.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty puzzling. Uh I don't really understand a situation where Vegas has all these very good talent, very good depth and Pachetti still has yet to play. Um that you would think that you're going to have to look look at the evidence right in front of you that you've been out muscled, you've been outworked, you've been out possessed, you've been outclassed and skilled. I think that it would be a foolish not to play Matthew Boldy at least to give you a punter's chance. And to me, ironically enough, it seems like they're punting. It seems like they're punting on this series by and and you know as we we're recording, Sarah McClellan also points out Kyle Rout isn't in the morning skate right now. So he might not be playing.
1: So Bukestad be back. So
0: pro- it's probably Nick Bukestad. I'd be shocked if it's a fast one. They pull on us in warmups and all of a sudden it is Matthew Boldy. Um, as we re- record this at, on, on a one o'clock central time right now. Um, but at this, at this point it's pretty frustrating because I, I, you've seen what this core has been able to do against Vegas and, you know, could they steal one tonight? Maybe, maybe, but I'm not really optimistic in that front. And if Matthew Boldy at least was in there, I, I'd feel better about it. I at least feel better about it. So right now, and I'll be—I'll be, yeah. I, I, be the cliche person that I told you after Saturday's loss that it's one game at a time. Now your, your your season's on the brink. You you have to win three in a row to move on. So you may as well put Matthew Boldy in. And instead, it's yeah, it's probably gonna be a, a just a, another swap for Kyle Raw and Nick Buekse. And then and then that's what last thing on this too. That that's what pisses me off even more about Everson saying, "Oh well, yeah, he played fine. He played fine." And then we're just going to sit him again. Well, no, yeah, because he wasn't a, he was a factor, Dean. He wasn't he was he a played non-factor. Played like 937.
1: Yeah. He played the fewest he he had the least amount of ice time and this is and this is the right move, but he had the least amount of ice time of any player that played in that game. So like he was a non-factor like you replaced Bukstead who I think's a serviceable type of player with the guy who you basically aren't going to use. Yeah. And Boldy could have gotten in. I mean, Boldy should have played in game 4. I don't get it. And I'm just confused. And so I'm going to draw a parallel. I'm I'm going to draw a direct line between these two things. And the only difference is the Wild won a game, okay? This, to me, is the Twins. The Twins can't score in the playoffs. The Wild can't score. But furthermore, from a coaching standpoint, or in Valdelli's case, a managing standpoint, think about the parallels here. Because my thing with with Rocco is... The series against the Yankees, Dex. What did you learn? Right, like what did you learn? Your 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 bullpen use was atrocious. Yep. Um. Your rule of thumb with starters in the regular season has to be adjusted. You didn't, and then of course he came back against the Astros last year, Target Field, and pulled the same stunts. Learn nothing. That's why I'm concerned about this. Like you're Dean's not learning right now, Mm-mm. and and decisions are being made. I mean, here's what I really hate: there are guys playing now who are basically, it looks like the default process is, well, they held that position all year long. Yeah. Now, Parisi doesn't get that pass, but we have guys playing right now and nothing is changing. Like, I mean, what what more, and I'll go back to the well, and I don't give a damn, I'll just go back to it. What more do we need to see from Victor Rask in this series for him to be demoted to the fourth line? Like, Ooh. Sturm can keep up, <laughs> Victor Rask can't. What more do you need to see? Like, at some point in time, you are literally, if you're Dean, banging your head against a brick wall. And, like, this is going to feel good eventually, guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, if, if you start chasing the game, if you're down after the first period here in game five, um, you know you you're going to see probably, and, and more maybe even after down in period two, you're going to see an all-out blitz trying to figure out anything because your season is legitimately on the line on on, minutes, on minute times. Um, but at this point, I, I don't see any reason to, to continue to play Victor. I think this is a learning experience, too. Um, I think there might be something to say, if, even if I can defend Dean and Bill here, that all right, is this core ready? Is this core it? Is this the core we wanna build around? At least the supplemental guys, you know, those those Johansons, the Victor Rasks, um, Nick Bugsteads, etc., is this the core we do want to build? And, you know, tough blank. If 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 this is not how it's going, then we don't want to keep you here. So maybe there is some rationale there. I hate that rationale right now because it's the postseason and you're not guaranteed like I think I think there's a lane that some wild fans could be falling into a trap here too. And we touched on this in Mackie and Judd is you're never guaranteed future success. So you're probably looking at this wild team right now and you're thinking third in the West, right? Or third, in, third in your division in the one-off division, but it's only going to get better. You know, four years from now, uh this will be the worst of the four teams. You don't know that you you want to hunt. You can assume that yes, this is the building block to something special. And I agree that that's where we're trending. But mm. for you to assume four to five years down the road, that, the twenty twenty one shortened season was was the quote unquote worst. you have no idea how that works. You saw it in twenty fifteen when you lost in the second round of the Blackhawks that you thought, oh, all right, great showing, tough way to lose, but years to come. Two years later you were you were bounced in six games in the first round of the stars and then you had to start a rebuild. You know, so it 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 doesn't work like that. It really doesn't work like that. So you have to be able to take these chances and hopefully move on. And uh, I I just, I hope that they know that you're kind of setting yourself up for failure.
1: Well, and just from a strategic standpoint, too, yes. I'm, I'm talking about Marc-Andre Fleury's been fantastic, okay? Mm-hmm. But you're struggling, and you're trying to score goals. In the last two games, it's been like Dean in the third period starts to be like, I got to press some buttons here. Why isn't that ur- urgency there, at least in game four, from the first period? And tonight, it should be there. Like, that's this is what I don't get. And and if your whole thing is, well, this is what got us here and we're not going to change from this, that's a major problem. Going forward, right. that's a major problem. Because I'll tell you what, right now, this season, if the Wild goes out in five or six, we're going to say, okay, Golden Knights were really good, that was a lot of fun, um, and the future looks bright. But if you repeat this process a year from now, and look, the playoffs are tough crook Breesov's learning that. Playoffs will kick your ass. That's how this works. That's why it's considered probably the toughest um, trophy to win, the Stanley Cup, in all of, in all of sports as far as playoffs go. If you continue down this path, you're setting yourself up for the failures that we saw previously. Right. Like, you need to adjust. You need to hold guys. I mean... I I what they did with Parisi, to me, I will sign off for because I think the move was right. But then you can't be like, but Victor Resk is our third-line center, our second-line center. You've got to change some things up and not be afraid to. And I'm not saying scratch him. But guess what? Third period, game four, he was demoted for part of that to the fourth line. So, like, okay, keep that going tonight then. I, it's just a... I, what really, excuse my French, pisses me off yep. is that we saw how this team can play in games one and two. And they lost game two, and it was a fantastic hockey yes. game, and they lost. Vegas is ultimately the better roster. But what we've seen in the last five periods, because the first period on, on in game three was fantastic, what we've seen in the last five periods is not excusable. And this team has more to give, and they're not giving it. And you know what? Kaprizov might be hurt. Guys might be hurt. But until you tell us they're hurt, I'm not going to assume that your excuse is, well, we had a lot of guys banged up. So, so you had an opportunity here in games one and two to leave a mark, and you did that, and you were really competitive, and you won a game. And you went home, and after a really good first period, and oh, boo-hoo, you've had two goals disallowed by the big bad of re- referees. <laughs> they make you mad. You don't have enough fans. They're working against us. All of the excuses, put them away. Ladies and gentlemen, you win a Stanley Cup by not making excuses. If you want to be grouped in with a bunch of losers, make excuses. Because everybody's got them. Everybody's got problems. We just spent a year in a damn pandemic. Everyone's got problems. But guess what? The winners overcome those problems, and they keep going, and they keep their head down. They don't say, well, we lost goals, and we had two goals. It's two goals! You lost both games regardless.
0: All right, well, I have some answers for you. because We just got a line chart that just came out. It's from Sarah McClellan of the Star Tribune, friend of the show. Um, (laughs) I love it.
1: You could put up anybody.
0: Greenway, Eckfolino stays. Okay. Kaprizov, Rask, Zuccarello, Parisi, Hartman, Fiala, sorry Kev, Benino, Sturm, Bugstead, and then Suter, Spurgeon, Brodine, Dumba, Cole, Addison, rounding things out. So Victor Rask actually, if do de facto, kind of getting a promotion, if you will, and Judd That's I think might, might be out. That might be the end of our uh, Game 5 preview here on Judd's Hockey Show on Score North. And, uh, yeah, Victor Rask instead... Being demoted has earned a promotion. Probably looking, probably looking for. I'm guessing as Judd Zogad gathered himself, probably said a couple words, comes back in here, um, screamed to the high heavens. I think what their rationale here, Judd, and I don't agree with it, just saying what I think they're thinking is they're thinking that if Victor Rask reunites with Kaprizov and Zuccarello, things will uh, go back to the good old days and we'll have something new to work with. I don't know who I feel bad more for Kaprizov playing with Rask or Fiala that he has to play with Parisi. I don't know which one. I probably feel more bad for CapriSoft. You're right. You're thinking. You're thinking.
1: Calming down, too. Okay. I went to check our fridge here to see if there was a beer in there. Oh, well, yeah. Get, Sometimes whatever. there are some stragglers. I've I seen actually that before. Need, I actually need a drink, and it's probably. I probably need a stiff drink. Okay. This is the answer. Victor Rask is the answer. Praisey has now been promoted. A guy they acknowledged fully couldn't skate in the series. Kevin Fiala is going to play with two guys. Well, one guy who could be his father and one guy who should be probably a a third-line winger. Uh, Victor Rask, who was demoted to the fourth line in game four, is now bumping up to center a line with the Wilds' best player on it, who has been struggling and has taken eight shots on goal. Um, Kevin Fiala and... Kaprizov, the logical combination in an elimination game to put together to try to put as much pressure on Mark andre Fleury is not with Kaprizov. And as I also go through this, um, Marc-Andre Fleury's been spectacular, and you now have one guy with Kaprizov that can't skate, and one guy who's going to pass to him, and Kaprizov, the way he's going of late, will just pass back. This is so stupid, it's unbelievable.
0: Kind of want them to lose. <laughs>
1: Um, no, I want them to be smart. I want yeah, them I to be. I want them to do something that makes sense. How is this your answer? How is this your response? This is ridiculous. Um, and by the way, the eckline has been great, but he's your best center. You at least have to give thought of putting your best offensive players or player. Like if you're not going to do Fiala and Kaprizov together, you at least have to give thought to putting to giving Eck Kaprizov, Mm -hmm. this is ridiculous. This is an absolute non-response. This is a fireable line chart. I mean, this is stupid. This is, yeah, you're right. It looks like they want to lose. It looks like they want to lose. How does Victor Rask draw that assignment? He literally can't keep up. And now, so within your top nine, you now have two guys, two guys that can't skate with this series. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm, I, I'm astounded. This is this is awful. Like, this to me, I, I just hope our guy, Billy Guerin, friend of the show, love Billy Guerin. Yeah, and multiple times. I hope he has nothing to do with this. This is incredibly stupid. And by the way, it also sent so, so all of the good that you did, and I loved it with Parisi, is undone. Because you keep giving Rask chances like he's good. Right. How is he not in the fourth line? How does Sturm not bump up? Mm-hmm. Like, what are these guys? And don't tell me, well, Sturm's a liability here and, and there. You're basically almost done. And Sturm has something Victor Raskin as wild as Dream doesn't have, which is speed. Like, how do you not react to this and get PO'd? Ridiculous. Oof. I, I got nothing for you. I know, man. I got nothing for you on this. I mean, literally, it's like the Twins. It's Groundhog Day. Yes. well, you, you know what? No, I'm going to cut the Twins some slack. Game two against the Astros on the precipice of being eliminated, which they were, Alex Kirilov got in. And he's their boldy. Yep. They played him. He got a hit. Exactly. No, this is this uh. is not acceptable. This is not acceptable. This is as mad as I've been at this team this year. I mean, I like this team. I like what they've done. I like where they're going. But this, to me, is a red flag on coaching. Big red flag. Yeah. It's disappointing, man.
0: It's very disappointing. And if they come out and win, and, oh, see, see, they knew what they were doing. Fine. Fine, fine, fine. Point the finger at us. I don't care. Mostly we'll at Judd, by the way. I'll, I'll, wear, I'll be in the room as well. I'm an accomplice um, in, in this, in this uh, trial. This does not know.
1: give you the best chance to win, though. But it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Like, that's a, this is about what? What's the word the kids use now? The process? This yeah. process is flawed beyond belief. And it has been now for a few games. Honest to God, what are you doing? I look all right Caprisov's not playing well, and I don't care what the underlying stats say. He has one assist in four games he's a dynamic superstar player that's not playing well, so don't give me the well he's doing this and doing that. Take those stats and shove them what What you have here is a guy that needs a kickstart which i'm I'm all for, and Kevin Fiala would help provide that because those two together have to be accounted for. Like, do you think, oh, I mean, Vegas is laughing right now, Dex. Yeah. They're, they're in their locker room rolling around on the floor laughing. They now have to worry about Victor Rask. I mean, Ryan Hartman's more of a threat at center.
0: He honestly is.
1: He is. He honestly is, yeah. He is. And they're, you're, you're going to you're give him 49? Wow. Who skates like he's 59? I, I just, I got nothing for this. I, I, I'm disgusted. I am honestly de- disgusted.
0: Yeah, this is disappointing.
1: I would like to do Judd's hockey show featuring my new team, the Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes? How about that? I
0: like hey my brother Liam. Yeah, we'll
1: kick him in here. He could tell okay. us. Okay. Team Nino. It's
0: the last thing I need is more Liam in my life.
1: Or yeah. you know Nashville. How about that? The home of Luke Cunning and Mikhail Granlund.
0: Hey, really, really quick. Yeah. Let's touch on that because because clearly I think we've exhausted our resources here. Not resources because that was a, that was not an exhausting resources conversation. But that was a great rant. We hope the Wild win. Just a brief little NHL playoff thing. Number one, my Isles hopefully can win these next two. They're evened up the thing with the Penguins. Tough series. Tough yeah, they series. look Fun great run. on Saturday. Fun series. I look great. That's a playoff team right there. That's a playoff. Yeah,
1: team. Barry Trotz is a playoff coach.
0: Um, second, Luke Cunning. All right. Yeah. You and I were, I think, we're doing a mid show or, or reacted very shortly, within like minutes, when that trade came down on draft day. You remember, it was a draft day trade for for when Luke Cunning was moved. To Nashville. For Benino. For Benino. And a second round pick who turned into, is it Kunetsidov? It's it some other Russian who's won there. A highly regarded prospect the Wild have right now. Yep. Yeah, and he's I, good. I, I said initially, a gut reaction that I don't like this trade. Uh-huh. I said, I said, my gut reaction is I don't like trading a 23 year old who has some nice scoring. He isn't a flashy player by any means, but a guy who can score and he's 23 and he's cheap and he's controllable. Mm-hmm. I don't really like that. Mm-hmm. Now, Nick Benino, I will say, means more to the room than Luke Cunningham does at least at this point in his career. I think Luke Cunningham has a lot of good tendencies. He was a captain at Wisconsin, yeah. captain at World Juniors. The guy definitely is a is a no BSer. I don't think he would fall into the trap of, Agreed completely. of 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 being baited into bad tendencies. I think that guy is a it, will be a leader in the NHL is what I'm trying to say. Agreed. So when he sco- goes out and scores two goals, not one, two goals including the overtime winner for Nashville. Yep. In a primetime moment, which he has done also before in his career at World Juniors and at Wisconsin. Absolutely. This is where I have trepidations about that trade. And Kunetsu, uh, whatever the hell, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it or say it again. He's a Russian prospect, I believe also in the KHL. He looks like he has a very high ceiling. Yep, He could pan out. He could pan out. And this might end up being a very savvy move for Bill Graham, but we won't know if that trade really pans out for probably at least two years. Mm -hmm. And that's where, when I see Luke Cunnan scoring goals, Luke Cunnan, is scoring goals in the postseason for Nashville? Yeah, he's good. He's a good player. And and the Wild like can't buy a goal. Wild can't buy a goal. Yeah, that's a kick in the that's a kick in my in my manhood right there. That's a kick in the manhood. And I again, I could eat these words again in two years, but I wouldn't undo the trade necessarily right. because I think Nick Benino has meant a lot to this year's group. Right. But there are there were warning signs trading a guy, and 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 I, I saw this too. Well, analytically, Luke cunning is is underwhelming performer. He's he's a bottom-six guy. He also and, got
1: hurt quite a bit this season. I think he got hurt twice. Yeah,
0: he did. And he still is scoring a grade at about 20 goals per 80 games. Yep. He's a nice player. And also a, a guy, too, who could turn into a Nick Bonino type in the room one day on his career. Right. So seeing him score those overtime goals, to me, was a little more salt of, huh, could he uh, could have possibly used a Luke Cunningham in the postseason.
1: <sighs> yeah, so on this one, I agree completely in this sense. This was not a guy who was traded, who I, I'm I pretty sure I've never said he needs to go. Yep. So the Wild has some former players who are doing well in these playoffs who had to go. Nino, Coyle, Granlund, in my mind, there were guys who had to be traded. And that does not make them, Zucker, that does not make them bad players. So those guys, in my opinion, um, are good players. Together, it became toxic. Okay. Cunning does not fit in that group. I guess I do have to see how the prospect plays. But yeah, Luke Cunning was never a guy in that room. And, the, you know, but back in the days, Dex, when we could go in the room post game, Cunningham was never a guy who I saw as any type of problem. Um, and he does have a tendency to score some really big goals. And I was certainly told before, and, and I think he was captain of the world of the. He was. U.S. junior team and at Wisconsin. I was told before that he is definitely a captain tight. So I need to see how the trade plays out. But I think everything that you just said might be spot on. Like, I will defend trading a lot of guys. And I know that individually those players are nice players. They're good players. But in that room, it just didn't work. And they had to go. Cunning's not in that group. So I get I get what Garin was doing with Benino. I understand that he saw him as a stabilizing guy, and he's done a really good job in that role, I think, up until now at least. Um, but, yeah, Cunnin's never a guy that I'll pile on as far as being a, not a bad guy, but just not fitting in. I think he did. So you might be right. Like, I'm not worked up about it. Yeah, yeah. But, like, his success doesn't shock me. And I do, of the guys who are now playing for the Predators who used to play here, He's one guy that I didn't see being traded.
0: Sure. And look, they they got a good haul for him. I believe yeah, they got the second round pick and if they got a prospect. Who's prospect good. Yeah, that's great. It might work out really well. Um but it's just it's it's salt in the wound watching Luke Cunning scored two goals. Who, by the way, has eight now has four goals in eight career playoff games. He scored two goals last year against Vancouver when the Wild played in the playoffs. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, he's so got. He's got Allen, a he's got... clutch gene. So absolutely. And, and that's where again, and I'm I think I'm the analytic guy of the three. I'm not all in on analytics. I don't crutch through them one hundred percent. But when I see when I see well analytically he's a disaster And his course. He four suggested. Yeah, he's a he's a underlying player. But there is something about the Nick Benino types. The Luke Cunning types, the guys that score big moments and big big goals and big moments. Yes. And Luke Cunning, I do think has that trait does do, I do think he has that trait.
1: Question for for, for you before we get done here, that I don't get about this. Um why doesn't the it seems to me like from the from the stats that you give me, the analytics world doesn't account for whom guys play against or who guys play against. Sure. So like Benino has tough matchups a lot Mm -hmm. but he gets penalized with with potentially underlying negative stats yeah like i think you have to i think you have to account for the shifts yes like if i'm going up against your top player and my stats suffer that's not fair to then judge me against our second line wing whose stats are good but he's not playing against their best players.
0: Sure, yeah, and th- this is where player tracking, I think, has to develop in the NHL, um, and, and we're getting there. Or penalty um, kill, you know? I, I mean, that's yes.
1: that's not going to be favorable to yeah, me. Yeah,
0: exactly. So that that's where, again, there's and there's other ones that you can possibly use and whatnot, and, and you can try to dissect it. But y- the, the way they work the best is if you can supplement it with your eye test. That is when they work the best. If you just look at the analytics 100%, you're making a mistake. and that's also where I think a lot of old hockey guard who already has trepidations about analytics and other teams who are trying to embrace this thought. Right. And by the way, I think we are in a better place with analytics in the game than we were even three years ago. Sure. Um, you have to be able to use it with your eyes. You can't just, you can't just have when, when an analytic guy goes in there, he has to show it with the video too. He has to work with a video guy to say, Hey, it's not just here's this data on an Excel spreadsheet, right. uh, Bruce Boudreaux. Here you go. And use it how you will. It's right. Hey, you know, are, this player does well in this situation. If you see here on the it's it's a complete team effort. We don't we don't see that. We don't we don't really we don't honestly we don't get to see that because we don't really physically work for the team. Mm-hmm. But that is the best way to go about it is using video and your eyes with the analytics to get the best result. The best result.
1: Good explanation. All right. So I'll wow. we'll be back um, tonight. I am not happy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not pleased we'll, you got, we'll see where things go in game you five. Got eight
0: hours before puck drop, you could if you wanted to Get a little buzz going. Nap around 536. Still take a couple-hour nap and, and be ready for the game. So, I mean, I, I don't... I don't
1: I, you I'm do just it, not happy. You do you I'll do your I'll do me, liver. but I'm not happy. You do you with your it's not, I'm just not happy. Okay. All right, say your thing. Pass, shoot, score. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan LEAF. It can move racing forward. And take your breath away, like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by LEAF owners globally since 2010. Aria not yet available for purchase. Expected availability late fall. Subject to change.